over there? Is that Cronano? Yoo-hoo! What have you been up to, my silly boy? Well, just looking for a new angle, my dear. Ready to begin? Yahoo! Turn on the podcast and listen real close. We're the two fatos that you love the most. What's your angle? What's your angle? What's your angle podcast? If you love me, please tell me what. Your angle. Hello, everybody. This is the What's Your Angle podcast, where Jake tries out a different polo shirt every episode until he settles on the best polo on the market. Also, I'm here with my dad, Caleb Cronano, who is twice as big as me. I, I look am up to a my tall dad. man. I look up to my dad. I'm big and tall, guys. He had a big breakfast this morning, which explains his enormous size. And what, and what explains your my tiny, tiny size? size. I've been reading up on what petite, how to be more petite. It's a BuzzFeed article. <clears throat> Remember when BuzzFeed was a big, big deal? Um, they used to have the best recipes for chicken, buffalo chicken dip. Can't say that I recall that time period. God, my dad is so big. I'm so big, guys. I think I'm even getting a deeper voice. I don't hear it. You know, I took a lot of inspiration from Ray Romano, but specifically his brother in the show, Everybody Loves Chris. Is that a statement? I don't feel comfortable being this big. You're going to keep going with that? I don't feel comfortable being this big. Yeah, not many people do. He now has to shop at uh, Men's DXL. You know what that place is? It's on Route 2 in, uh, in Rhode Island. It was this big store with big men on the front. I said, damn, they're wearing nice suits. Turns out those guys, you have to be uh, six foot, I think four is the minimum to enter the store. And then once you enter the store, they go, okay, you pass the height requirement, but you're going to need to step on this scale. And it was actually a meat packing scale because they don't serve, uh, they don't, they don't make scales for men that thick. And so they hop on the scale. They say, all right, we have a trained sniper on you. You better hope that you pass the test. And so they have kind of a weight cutoff. They want you to be a certain size, and they actually measure in kg simply because that's the standard procedure for weighing most meats. Um, and so then they have to do the conversion. It takes about 45 minutes. They, but they do have an algorithm system, uh, an old Windows 2000 computer they, they put it on. So they kind of figure out whether you, well, first, you have to be tall enough, good thing, you know, or else you get your head cut off by the lasers that are in front, kind of like a Spy Kids movie. Then you step on the scale, they say, all right, you passed the 400 pound mark. Um, any item in the store is yours uh, for free. And so I, you know, used to have many uncles. I have many men in my family um, who I, you know, aspire and look up to. And it was right around high school I met, uh, you know, my actual father, uh, the guy right here on the right of me to the left of you guys. Um, I said, Dad, how did you get so big and strong? And how did you get to this size? Because no good boy be getting born and, and, and gets raised to be as thickums as you. And he gave me the key to life. He said, shop at DSXL, 
Make sure to wear extra toilet paper because they know that you're not going to weigh enough. So you have to actually stuff your clothes so that you weigh enough, right? He said bowling balls are the best option. So I put bowling balls all in my uh, uh, button-up shirt. I show up and they go, God damn me thickums. And I also had to wear stilts. Um, and I made it in and I was able to get all the clothes I want for free, which is why... Uh, and you ask, am I wearing those clothes now? And I say, no, uh, simply because there is a clothes minimum. You can only take a certain amount. And my dad wanted extra clothes that day. So so I was shopping for him, you know. And so I'm proud to say that what he's wearing now, I was able to uh, manage to grab by the good grace of my um, of me being a good son. And people ask, can they see the resemblance between the two of us? You know what I say to that? I go, refer to my dad. Papa don't talk unless he got something important to say. What's on your mind, big papa? Well, I've been thinking about the current state of things. I've been thinking a lot about buying a Corvette. Ooh. Man, I love my papa. He's going to drive me around in the Corvette with the top down. Ever since I left your wife, my mom, I realized that I needed something in my life, and I'm in the middle of my life, to inspire me to keep on going and not pull that trigger what trigger you ask yeah, I was about to ask the one that Papa has in his desk the trigger of a 45 a revolver a gun with a couple bullets that I could load up point right in between my eyes and shoot Whoa. but this new Corvette making me think otherwise and that's why this episode is sponsored by Chevrolet Corvette General Motors it's not what you get in it's what you put out we want to thank Corvette for sponsoring this midlife crisis they have been incredibly gracious in payment they have given us a lot to work with they have given me full access to Jay Leno's motor vehicle facilities. They have given me full access to Jerry Seinfeld's selection of cars that he drives comedians around in. If you don't know what I'm talking about, refer to episode 7, approximately. It's around there. But anyway, I'm thinking about the state of things. And I'm thinking, you know what? With Chevrolet, I can keep on going down the road. And I can keep on keeping on. That's why we want to thank Corvette. That was a Corvette. Not Corvette sure. by Chevrolet General Motors. Alright. Tell you what, I'll take a Camaro over a Corvette any day. Then why didn't you just get a Camaro? Why are we talking about Corvette then? Corvette's kind of what the ladies like. Mm. And I'm going to have to drive my, my son around. Well, I told I, told, I ended up telling my dad I might be I might be 
you know, at least bisexual, at the most fully gay. And he didn't take too he didn't take too uh, lightly to that. <laughs> I don't ra- I don't raise I don't raise I don't raise my hand often. So that was a that was a hard conversation I kind of had to have with my dad. Um, but at this time, I raised my fist. Yeah, you know, I remember it. Um, I remember it quite well. I gave you a bruise or two. Inside and out. Um, those are the true black and blues. Refer to episode four or five, I believe it is. You know, this whole show with me, you know, this whole ma- uh, father and son show is turning into a, a whole journey of just digging up old references. You ever gone to an album vinyl store and you check in the deep, dark crevices where all the dust and the maggots hang Probably out? Probably not. Probably not. You don't do that because you're not cultured, you know, like us. And so if you were to ever do that, right, you go and you look and, and you find that sweet, sweet gem. Let's say you're a lo-fi hip-hop uh, beat creator. You find that sweet gem, you're going to find a really nice track, and you're going to loop it for about six hours while I finish uh, studying for the GRE. You Maybe see. an old Japanese folk song, a record of Japanese folk songs, that would be good. And then you Usually also, a language you can't, you can't understand, You right? could maybe so get a... Appropriating, uh, sorry. Who has the authority in the relationship between father and son? That's what I've been wondering, because lately... I thought you'd think it's the father. You'd think it's the father, right? But with the amount of times that you interrupt me and degrade me, I'm starting to think it's the son. So are you going to make me... The question is, are you going to make me raise my hand again to you on the podcast? Or are you going to make me wait and hit you later on? Is there a third option? No, there's no third option. There's no third option. Okay. And you better believe you are not staying up tonight. You are not getting any pizza tonight. We're not doing anything we talked about. So you want to keep it up? You want to keep being a punk? Or do you want to let daddy talk when he needs to talk? Sorry about that. What did you say? Sorry. Apologize now. I apologize, father. Okay. I apologize, you're lucky. father. You're lucky that your bitch of a mother is letting you spend time with me after the divorce, Okay. To me, you're a curse. Damn. I never wanted to have you. But you cheated on her. You're a never wanted to. You never. You never should have been born. Okay. Think about that. Think about if you weren't born. You know you caused the divorce. I thought you cheated on mom. No. Daddy did what he needed to do that night at the casino. Okay. Anyway, like I was saying, if you go into a vinyl store, you can find some really nice stuff for lo-fi hip-hop. And you can combine Japanese Oriental folk songs with Sounds of the Ocean or Sounds of the Forest, anything with white noise. You can blend those two over each other and you have a great lo-fi track. Why am I so hip to the lo-fi track? Well, because I'm the first dad producer. And not only do I produce beats, but I produce fathers. And I'm going to make a great father out of you one day. Okay. Let's be happy. Okay. Sorry I interrupted you earlier, Dad. It's okay. No dinner. Can I speak? Now? Three weeks. No food. Oh, go ahead. Okay. You know, I really appreciate having a father who looks after me in every aspect. The most specific aspect that I really appreciate him putting his hard time and and fists in is uh, me, not regarding my sexuality, but more regarding my my uh, physical nature, you know? The reason that he doesn't give me food for three weeks is because he knows I'm starting to look a little round, right? He said, boy, if you just fucked enough women 
and you were a horny bastard and you kept up this weight thing going, your body would start looking like a capital Q, you know, hard dick on the corner, big round circle in there. And I, I never understood what that analogy meant until one day he said, boy, you don't want any, you don't want any boys, you don't want any boys uh, buns, you want a girl's, you want a girl's hole. He said, girl, you want, he, he said, you want that hole, little boy. And I said, I'm down, I'll try it. I'll give it a try. You know, I'm, I'm down to trying new things. I really tried to get into, you know, his new uh, girlfriend. And she, you know, she, she started hitting me too. But I, I got over it because I, I'm willing to try new things. So I, so I was on a date with this girl that he kind of arranged. It was with um, his, his car mechanic's uh, daughter. So, so, and she was beautiful. She's gorgeous. And she was a little younger than me. Uh, I won't say how much younger, but she was she was down there. And he said, "Just give it a try. Give it a try. See how it goes." Um, like I said, you know, I, I was able to not only not have sex with her, um, but I realized even more strongly what my sexual preference was. But I can't lie. I can't lie to my father. Um, so I told him that wholeheartedly and honestly. And he said, "You know, I've come to realize I don't have a problem with you." feeling that way you're just not going to eat for three weeks and so i think we're on day 15 of the out of that three weeks um i think i'm looking better than ever you know he, he he's always looking out for me in every aspect and i am i am so mm-hmm. happy to have a father and on the, in the end we're going to put you on another date the daddy's going to arrange for you one of one of his girlfriend's girlies and we're going to see what you think then after not eating for three weeks you're going to see if you still don't like women I'm already, I'm already getting really, I'm, I'm getting into the thought about thinking them. Every night I sleep, I'm trying to think as hard as I can, you know. My head hurts from all the thinking and, and, and the fists. But I'm, get, I'm getting over it because I'm starting to really see clearly. And I'm also starting to... Oh, part of the reason that you're really fat still is because I've been still giving you water. And now you're making me think, I think I'm going to cut off liquids for you. All right? If that's, if that's what you want, Dad. Cut it out. Cut, cut, cut the it water, out. The water. Cut it out. Okay, no more water. Stop drinking water. Hey, Dad. Yes, son. Can I ask you what your father was like and how he treated you? Well, what was what was your dad like? Every night. I would go to bed, I would pull the covers, Mm -hmm. I would lay my head down to rest, Mm -hmm. and then my papa would be a big shadow, come into my room, put a cloth over my face, and pour water over my face. He would waterboard me every night. And that taught me as a child how to lose brain cells. Mm -hmm. And now I'm able to think with ease. Because Papa didn't raise no bitch. Papa showed me what it's like to be a real man. Mm-hmm. Taught me you need to learn how to swim before you can learn how to walk. And you can bring a horse to the water. But if you whip him just right, he can bring you. And that's what my Papa taught me. And uh, he never laid a f- he never laid a f- 
Never lay thank a you, thank you, thank you, Dad. Appreciate, appreciate that. It's good to learn about him. You know, it's good to learn about my family lineage. I like to see all the aspects. I like to really draw my own trees. You know, you see, that's what I do in my free time. I trace back my family roots. I draw one big tree. Um, and my favorite tree is an oak. I'm proud of you, son. I remember you, you chose a good tree to be proud of. You taught me how to draw my first tree. Oak I, is a I, good wood. I was going to say oak. Apples fall on the tree, and every apple that I drew was another man, family no, no, member. No, 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 Boom. no. Hmm. Uh, I, I drew apples. Uh, they represented um, all the things that I love about my dad. Is that right? All the, all, the, all the traits that I love about my father. He came into my room and he didn't put the cloth over my head and I was wondering what was the reason why. I love, I love drawing my trees. I, I get lost in my trees. Come to understand that he wanted to have a little fun with my... Oh, I just... Mom said, mom said that if a boy grows up, to, if he can draw a tree... He can go really far in this world. Maybe that's and I why looked, I didn't want you to be a homosexual. And I looked at my father and... Because I, I knew I always was one. Never looked at a man the same way before. Like my father did to me. And in that same way, I'll show you. Someday soon. Never quite have the same experience you would with a woman as you would with your father. That's the God truth. So, the uh, presidential uh, uh, Democratic Party, Ber Bernie's in the lead in Iowa. It's pretty unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It's to see this. This is a, this is a really it's a really interesting time. You know, all the Republicans are saying that uh, communism is prevalent and alive and well, and I say tomfoolery. It's more socialism. Uh, and socialism is, is is benefiting us posit positively socially. That's why it's in the name of it. It's a positive thing. And I try telling that to all of my red friends. And they say, no, he, look at communist China. Look at all of the... They use this word communist, right? And I say, I don't even think communist is that evil because it has the word community in it, right? And and what is what is a community? What's so negative about having a community, especially a religious one at that? You know, there was no harm done in the Catholic church and and i love communism and i love socialism and i believe that bernie mac is going to be probably one of our best presidents to date mm. um no, get another good black man in in office um yeah. i say more more for that less less orange men you mm. know like the like the cheetos mascot we need less of them in in office and someone like my dad in in the lead seat i think that if we're going to talk politics we should mention that uh, who who was it you said should be president? Uh, my dad. No, before that. Oh, Bernie Mac. Ah, if we're gonna talk presidents, Bernie Mac, uh, is doing quite a quite an amazing job at the. Corruption of the Democratic Party with the first instance of, of faking of the death. Now, a lot of people know that when Bernie Mac, right before he passed, 
he left a letter to the Republican Party that said, after you elect Obama's you're going to elect my ass and we're going to have peace and harmony for all y'all. And that is exactly what the letter said. And his producers of the Bernie Mac show at the time filmed a monologue with him uh, as he tended to do. And he talked a lot about white supremacy and uh, the culture of African Americans in politics and why it was important that we had a black president. But ultimately, he hated Barack Obama and he wanted to see him out of office. And I think Bernie Mac died a year before Obama left office in 2012. And he knew that he another young black man like himself was going to have to step in and take care of business. Uh, So he faked his death because he didn't want any more media publicity and he knew that what Trump was going to do was going to blow his whole thing out of proportion. You get what I'm saying? And uh, so Bernie Mac did the long way. He played the long game and he's going to be rewarded for it in tenfold. So that's why you should go to the polls. Election day is coming up, November 15th. You write in Bernie Mac Jr. And uh, you best believe he's going to do a hell of a better job than that. I got to ask you, what's one, uh, what's something that you've always wished was put into law and you've just never seen the day, you've never even seen it proposed on those steps um, a Congress you've never even seen the proposition what's a uh, what's a law that you'd like to see put in place you know where you think that the world would would benefit from uh, you know the Mecca United States Mecca of the free world only free country in the world hmm. what would be uh, a law that you would want to see yeah I got it I would say every citizen is forced to watch what your angle podcast support and comment um I think this is a big thing that's lacking in the culture of the United States uh, and the world, frankly, because we do have some listeners abroad. So what I'm hoping for is a law to be set in place that every member of society, as long as you are in a society, even apes and chimpanzees, uh, have to get certain amounts of exposure per week to the What's Your Angle podcast. Now, it is not a daily cue. Uh, it's not a daily, you know... Uh, you know, it's not a daily thing, but you do have to have a certain, certain amount of hours per week. So you need to watch at least seven, watch or listen to at least seven hours of the podcast per week. So it's like a quota. It's like a quota. Exactly. It's It's like like you could do an hour a day or you could do seven hours in one day and nothing in between. Mm. So that's would be my law. And the only reason I think that is because we are comedic geniuses and we are historical figures, and so everyone should be exposed to our history. You know, we came from a small town not too far from here. Uh, we grew up kind of in a different type of culture, more of a small town aesthetic, 
everybody knows each other everybody knocks on each other's doors they let each other into their own houses mm-hmm. you know Look, they say door. mrs tompkins how you doing i brought some sugar that kind of a town right doors wide open doors Nobody wide open door. no lock in the doors neighborhood watch is not even a thing nope. in our area people don't know they hear that they go yeah uh, as a neighborhood we're gonna watch the watch your uh, angle podcast right and then you ask well how did they know about the watch your angle podcast well, because like Caleb said, we are, you know, obviously we are comedic geniuses, but more importantly than that, we're actually historic figures. Now, I heard him mention this earlier, and our town that we are from, a little old town called W. Warwick, W means West, uh, we're kind of a big deal around there, you know? You see, we came from a place where everybody grows up to be... Uh, the kind of people who make a living getting bait for fishermen, you know, they dig worms and and they off, you know, they work in the manure industry mm-hmm. and 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 it's it's kind of like a show on Discovery Channel, Dirty Job. If you guys remember that, basically, it's, it's Dirty Town that was filmed on site in West Warwick. Yes, um, produced, filmed, and put out by the Warwick State Council, West Warwick State Council, sponsored by the Johnston Landfill. It's pretty un- unbelievable, and the soap factory as well. Mm. Um, Royal Mills. Royal Mills. Royale with Mills. Royale with Mills. Um, those lovely people over there, they really got us. Um, they thought we were going to. They, they trained us in public school to be the next uh, soap workers. They, they trained us mm-hmm. how to make a perfect symmetrical bar of soap and how to Carve even put the knife. lettering of the company mm-hmm. right in the middle, slap dab in the middle. And, you know, we used to make, uh, we used to make soap out of horses' livers. But uh, mm. because that was all we really had to work with, you know, uh, where we're from, horses, horses run a plenty. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the uh, Cherokee Nation. It's kind of like the a- Apache Nation. And so Except a little less aggressive, a little, maybe a tiny bit less. One hair, just one hair. No pun intended, because horses have a ton. And so we were getting trained in public school. You know, we were eating our cheese sandwiches. We were eating our nachos with uh, emulsified meat based centered product wasn't really meat with a little bit of nacho cheese sauce and you know we 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 would spend about six hours a day learning more and more about how to be good little factory workers Mm -hmm. but they never would have thought that two little soap producers uh up and coming work in progress soap producers would have such a profound voice and so now that's them right there. There's, they just sent me another fifty thousand dollars in grants. Congrats! They're so beautiful. They said we really spawned two of the world's best thinkers, you know, and uh, we are we're really cherished back home where we're from, which is why we try to get home at any chance we can, mm-hmm. bask in the glory, get back to work. You know? Yeah, we keep that cycle going. Thing is, as soon as we moved out of the town, we noticed people started asking. What happened to those two guys, you know? Where did they go? Because surely their input on this town is missed. I mean, it is hard going into AJ's diner and not seeing us two clowning around, eating our hash brown, drinking that coffee, maybe at AJ's or T's of East Greenwich. Uh, so people started asking us, where are you? What are you doing now with your life? And we told them, well, it's simple. We moved out of that godforsaken town because the only thing there is dirty jobs. And anyone who would go through a school system like that and not realize that it was setting you up to be a conformist 
is how do I say this dense your skulls are too thick you don't have the capacity to think for yourself so you think based off of previous thought that has already been created for you by the structure of the town that you grew up in the parents that raised you the friends you surrounded yourselves with where we as the elite knew that we had to make our own destiny think for ourselves and ultimately leave the place that was negatively affecting us because it wasn't allowing us to grasp our full creative spectrum and our full our full spectrum as humans so we moved out of that godforsaken town now they idol us they idol us it's like american idol whenever we come back because we are the only people it's called west warwick idol and they have for us every time we go back on command because we're the only people who, who had free thought in that town it's crazy it's crazy to think that we're the first and last we will be the only ones because although our influence stretches to a certain extent because we are the ultimate sphere of influence. People in that town are too dumb to really let our story sink into their own lives. And they just use us as a model. Mm-hmm. They say, look up to these people but, as if one day you could achieve. But don't actually have. try to achieve. Don't try. We need more people in the factory. There's not enough soap to go around. And we're pretty backlogged. We're going to need some extra hands around here. So you better get stuck. Oh, oh! You can get started. You can get started tomorrow. You know, day after you graduate, you go to uh, where do we where do we graduate from? Columbus. What's the place called? The what was the venue that we that we graduated in? It was called the Vietnam venue. That's what it was, and it was in the heart Vienna of menu. Providence. And now there's a great place you can go to, and we always go back when we're home. And they After always, we're done celebrating, we're going, well, oh. and this is a post celebration because there's always a party here. Day but this is called the Black Ink Tavern, and uh, Ooh, the Black so good. The Black Woo! Squid Tavern is one of the best places that you can go and get a mean. I get the squid. I squirt that ink all in my mouth, and I put pasta in. After it's called the Reverse Black Ink Sear. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time we go there, we are welcomed with open arms by all of our friends who are much dumber than we are. And uh, they offer us free drinks and free foods and free squid ink. And And let me tell you what, the music is so good. I mean, so good. It is the best stuff. I mean, get a load of this, right? I'm checking it out. Some restaurants, some bars some places of celebration and we mean some will play music just just because they want background noise and just because can i say something i think they're just too afraid of a little bit of awkward silence you see right fill in the space this one this black ink one is different because they play something that i don't know how they have the technology to view but they play music that is the most popular now you're asking how would they know what the most popular music is is there a chart somewhere is there a, a you know a, a, a thesaurus some so no there's none of that it's just they have people working Rankings. up and down every day to listen and they have a consensus team and they knock on people's doors non-stop they're wondering what are you listening to if only there was a way that there was some sort of data or a chart 
or 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 any type of website that could tell you what the most popular music is, but they there wasn't. So they had to reinvent the wheel and do it themselves. Picture a Jehovah's Witness coming to your house, but you look forward to seeing them. Except it's about a 42-year-old tattooed man with wrinkly skin and a gun just in case things get hairy, which have who's happened. Who's asking past. you what are you listening to? And of course, the majority of people in this town are listening to what we call pop music because mm-hmm. their brains are too dull to wrap their ears into something that's more complex than a couple of little dittos with simple chord progressions. So what are those chord progressions? Very, very, very five, easy. Four, it's very, two, very, very easy five, for the consensus one, people five, to track bridge, down the most popular music that people bridge. in this town are living to. And they're also leavening and listening, and the bread is growing and the sourdough is active. Rising, damn it. Do you want a starter? Do you want some of my starter? Would you like a scoby? Like Do you want to make some kombucha? With some garlic in it. No, you, you can't that get that. All we have is deep fried burgers at the Black Ooh. Squid Ink Lodge of the Oak. Which I am perfectly fine with. I'll take five now. So you can check that place out. It's where the old fat bellies used to be in Coventry. There's usually a 45-minute line, and you'll see all your favorite friends from high school. It's a great place. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we go there. We're celebrated. And and this has me thinking. I think after this podcast, we're going to have to book tr- uh, two flights, which West Warwick Council will pay for. First class, mm. nothing less. We'll head back home. It'll take about 10 minutes. And, you know, I'm getting we'll news right now. Off. I'm getting news right now in my earpiece that... We are performing at this year's West Warwick Jazz Festival. And this is a yearly thing. People from all around the world come to this festival to perform good jazz music. And it's happening this year in the heart of downtown West Warwick. and uh, Right by the gazebo, no? Right by the gazebo, yep. And uh, I'll tell you what, man. They are something special, the committee of people over there running that thing. I mean, they know the arts. They know it like the back of their hands. I'm talking about people like Mr. Grenier. So true. Mr. Uh, Dikoski. Mr. Beverage. Mr. Beverage. I mean, he is one of the best. He knows all the contemporary music scene and all the people coming. So he's shipping out a lot of people, but most importantly, he's paying for our ticket first class. Oof. We can get Hotel Marriott. See ya. On a uh, Tayo Room Cabinet. service on his account. And we're going to be having a ball because we're performing all new music from our new upcoming record called We Are Better Than You. And that In every is, way. That's we the liner are note. better than you. And liner notes are written by the very, very, Wing very himself. great Wingding himself, Tanner Faust. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know Tanner, he's an extremely skilled journalist. And For he, back to episode one. He just, uh, I think he just came out with a show called Tanner Foss and the Gang and it's uh, about him and his great friends and kind of doing their thing around town and he is doing well and I think he just came out as a homosexual and I am proud to call Tanner my boyfriend and uh, let's just say I take he gives and he gives more than I take so I don't know how that works but look I had some trouble with him in high school and now we are sexual partners I think that's going to be it for today's episode. Um, we learned a lot about our father-son relationship. We talked about how prominent we are 
in you know our hometown community and that they're working on the statues right now what else is there to say you fucking dumb stupid assholes what else is there to say what else do you want us to talk about we do this for you every fucking week we have to think of a new creative concept last week's episode was so good that we had to completely go off the dome and create a scenario where we were method acting did we plan for this? Did we have a script? No, it's all from the top of our fucking heads. So appreciate it. Leave a comment, leave a like, and subscribe on YouTube, and leave a fucking review on the podcast app, and download us for Christ's sake. Thank you very much. My name is Caleb Granado. Jake Dambra. Jambra. Adios. Over there, is that Cronano? Yoo-hoo. What have you been up to, my silly boy? Well, just looking for a new angle, my dear. Ready to begin? Yeah. Turn on the podcast and listen real close. We're the two fatos that you love the most. What's your angle? What's your angle? What's your angle podcast? If you-